All right. Here we go. Don't wait for users to report problems. Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. You can replicate issues in seconds rather than digging through log files and having to rely on users to report errors or crashes. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications. It has full support for JavaScript and all other major languages and platforms. It takes less than 10 minutes to set up and you can get a free 14-day trial by going to raygun.com and signing up today. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another JavaScript Jabber show. This week on our panel, we have Joe Eames. Hey, everybody. Amy Knight. Hello from Nashville. I was going to step in for Joe and try to mock his voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. Just a quick shout out about Angular Dev Summit coming up. We have a special guest this week, and that's Terrence Smith. Terrence, do you want to say hi and introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, uh, I'm Terrence Smith with a company called Hacker Ferret Software, where we hack love into software. And I'm here today talking about the Amazon Alexa platform. So FYI, mute your Alexas before we get started. <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting for mine to go off. I'm too lazy to do that. So, so yeah, so we're going to be talking about the Alexa voice service. I'm wondering if you could just uh, briefly, you know, maybe give us the two minute version of what you're working on with the Alexa voice service so people get an idea of maybe a use case and also can kind of see, okay, that, you know, that you're an expert and that you're doing awesome stuff. Sure, sure. So uh, what I'm working on is something called My Caretaker, name probably pending change, but um what it will do and what it's doing will be to help you be there as a caretaker. Like it's sort of a caretaker's aid for the person in your life. So like if you have to take care of an older parent, my caretaker would be there in your place. Like if you have to go to work that day and it would be like your means or your liaison to that person. So like your mom or dad could talk to my caretaker and my caretaker could signal you via SMS or a email message um, or tweak anything on like a uh, on your usage dashboard and you would be able to respond to it so it's there when you're not sort of <laughs> it's it's interesting that you talk about this because uh you know and, and we before the show a few people uh, a few of the panelists mentioned also that, that they have family members who you know are ailing in some way you know my dad in particular he still goes to work like three days a week he's a dentist and so, you know, he just goes down to his office and works, but he's had to call a few times and basically say, hey, come help me off the floor or come help me get into my house or things like that. Um, my grandmother also for a long time had uh, dementia. I don't know if it was Alzheimer's or what. I'm not sure exactly what the clinical definitions are for those kinds of things. But, you know, and then my my wife's grandmother, her 90th birthday is actually today. And she she still, you know, lives in her house. Her daughter lives with her and, you know, she mostly can take care of herself. But again, you know, it's, you know, she lives out in this tiny little town. And yeah, you know, so having something where she could essentially say, you know, I need this at the grocery store or, you know, I need this fixed. And then it would let my father-in-law know to come fix something or a neighbor or her daughter know to go pick whatever up, up uh, at the store without her having to you know, she has arthritis in her hands, necessarily type it into her phone or things like that. So this makes a lot of sense. And the fact that there's an API out there that you can do cool stuff by voice is also very cool. Absolutely. So, yeah. So anyway, it, 
I, I see the application I, here I and I think it's really cool. So getting started with it, there's there's a couple of different layers. There's the first layer, which would be like the scaled kit. And I think folks generally getting into the Amazon IoT things uh, would start be best served to get started with that. Uh, there's a it's only a limited subset of the functionality, but uh, it gets you kind of a call response sort of a, a more synchronous kind of communication. But you you can get your hands on that and kind of get an idea of what to expect. Well, what are the capabilities there? Like what you know what what can you do with it? You, so you give it commands, uh, but then what? Okay. So like, our, so with the skills kit, you can give it commands, and then you literally have access to. You think about like you 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 have a web end, you have an endpoint, and you can respond to different, whatever. Like, Amazon will. Um, the way it works is, the device will parse out the response, send it to Amazon's endpoint. Amazon will send like a callback of sorts to your API endpoint, and you can do whatever you want, and then you can send back some sort of a response, and that. That is sort of the the first level, and you and you'll see like in the in their store, the Alexa store, you'll see like uh, skill kit stills and like tell skill name whatever to do whatever. Um, you can hook it to any sort of. I mean, if you really wanted to, you could like make it do things like turn on your light switch, or you can make it do things like if you were trying to geek out, I guess you could have it start your car, or have it do things like change your thermostat, or. Uh, just make an API call to some website somewhere to do anything. It's like it's whatever you want at at at, at that point, essentially. If that makes sense. Right. So, do you when you're talking about this skills kit, is this something that you download and then, or is it like an npm package, or do you download it and you know put it into your application somewhere? And then, is this something that people can install on their regular Amazon Echo? Or is it something that you have to run on like a Raspberry Pi or something like that? Right. So just to make sure I get the distinction, the skills kit is a little bit different from ABS. Uh, first level skills kit, you, you can install it on any device. You're literally spinning up a, a web service and registering it on Amazon's website. And they'll, they'll, as long as you have like an endpoint and you can register with like Amazon Web Services, like the like a Lambda or something, and then like call into that and start that up, and then do something. Um, the second level, and I won't, you know, make sure I get understood the first bit first. But the uh, the skills kit is just that; it's literally just a web endpoint that responds to stuff. Okay. Amazon Voice Services is a bit more in depth, and it requires a good deal more um, potentially, if that makes sense. So I wanted to clarify some terminology as I was kind of digging into this a little bit. So it's my understanding that there's kind of like maybe two or three different steps when you're programming for uh, the Echo. And the one of them is like skills, like we're talking about, which is like the equivalent to, that's like the broader term, like it would be, is that like the equivalent to downloading an app in the App Store? It would be, yeah, that'd be the closest thing to it. So, but then like if you break that down, like, when you're actually building with it, so you like create utterances, and then what are what is the rest of all of that? Okay, so with the skills kit, um, you you register what would be your utterance, your skill name, your utterance, and you would give it a couple of uh, sets of phrases to accept. So you could say, so, "Oh, can yeah. you define what exactly do they mean by an utterance?" Um, so let's say, all right, we're we're gonna make a skill that magically start your car somewhere. Um, 
So you could say, uh, my skill is car starter, right? And it's like, Alexa, tell car starter to, and then you give it some sort of phrasing at that point, like tell car starter to start the car. And at which, at which point your web service would be notified that that is the utterance. And like, you literally have like a case statement at that point. You're like, all right, it wants to do this. So, all right, start car. So I will, you know, run the coach start car or whatever. Um, and you can program a bunch of different ones underneath that. You could, you could have like any number of individual like case essential branches or conditional branches outside of that um, to build on top of that, if that makes sense. So do you have to say, help. tell the app to, or can you just say, um, start the car? See, that's, that's where the limitations lie with the skills kit. Uh, with the skills kit, yes, you have to have the tell or ask and then the name of the skill to do whatever it's the homogenized kind of thing. It's, it's again, it's, it's a limitation of that level of it and you can go further and have something that completely doesn't involve that. But just to get something out, the V1, the starter at the beginning, yeah, you have to do the tell or the ask or something like that. Gotcha. And then the utterances start the car or mow the lawn or whatever you tell it to do. Right. We kind of covered like what my first question was, but are there other steps then? Because it was my understanding that uh, you focus on the utterance and then there's more to it after that. What so, are the rest of the steps? Okay. So you, you essentially build out a skill. You, well, you start out registering with Amazon, uh, spin up an instance of a web service of some sort. There's a couple of key bits of data that need to be involved that need to be registered in there. But once you have that and you have that pointing to Amazon's Alexa skills, there's like a little GUI there and you have to go through the steps and fill it out. But essentially you have it point to your web service. And at that point, you you essentially handle all everything related to the skill. Like that's it. Like in my mind, when I first came to it, I was like Oh, this is going to be like uh, like Android or or iPhone or something. Like I'm going to have to go do all these different things and download an SDK. And it's like, no, it's a web service. That's that's it. <laughs> and it could be in whatever language you want. The biggest thing is it needs to be able to talk to Amazon's um, Alexa Skills Kit um, setup. It, it needs to be able to work with that. Uh, there's a couple of requirements there that are like kind of nuanced with like, ah, it's going to be HTTPS, it's going to be publicly accessible, it's got to have this endpoint and that endpoint. But for the most part, it's literally just a web service. And from what I was looking at, there are boilerplates if you're using AWS Lambda, is that correct? And if so, can I actually use those if I wanted to like develop something for production? Absolutely. Um, actually, uh, if you publish a skill, uh, they do give you... I think there's an offer still going on. I, I don't know if it's still for sure, but um, you you get free um, AWS uh, instance time or whatever. You get some uh, some sort of a deal where you can host your they'll host your um, skill for free for some amount of time. So I mean, it, and they they have it just kind of a they try to make it as streamlined as possible now. Um, there's a couple of other GUI tools that make it even easier out there, but for the most part. If you're a developer, you're probably going to want to do the just spin up a web service and deal it that way. So when you're setting this up and testing it out, do you have to have an Amazon Echo or can you run this on your development machine or how does that work? So 
at one point you you did absolutely have to have the echo, um, but as it is now, there is something called Echoism, which allows you to run it in your browser, which is pretty cool. And in addition to that, you can potentially do something like install it on a device, uh, like a Raspberry Pi or something like that, or run. And this goes into the more the advanced side of things. Run Amazon Voice Services, the actual engine on like your PC or your Mac or your Linux box. Uh, so you, you have a bunch of different options out there. Interesting. Yep, yep. Do you know anything or can you speak to kind of how the Echo is using machine learning to get smarter? So on that end, um, a lot of the utterances, uh, understanding what the utterances are, that side of things, like you'll see over time, even as a user of it, there are certain things that Amazon, uh, the, the, the Alexa understand a little bit better now than they did, like, than it, it did, excuse me, like uh, last year or any time before that. Um, specifically, as far as it understanding anything, not, <laughs> not, not in my end, not on, not on the user end, I guess. Other than just like, hey, now it's got a new thing it knows, or um, it understands certain phrases better, or it can tell me the difference between like airports or like other proper noun things. Like a lot of the the machine learning stuff is definitely under the covers, unfortunately. Um, you can break into that a little bit or get into that piece a little bit with uh, Lex, which is just the the language piece, which is like a essentially the the chat pun and chat bot engine portion of it, like broken out. Um, but for the most part, a lot of that stuff is like under the covers. Um, <laughs> okay. Yep, totally. So that makes a little bit more sense based on the stuff I was looking at. So it sounds like when, when you know, you as a developer, me, when I'm doing this, like I'm interacting um, just with an API. And then it sounds like uh, they, I guess the service you just mentioned is like probably what the API itself is talking to. Is that right. correct? Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. It's, so there are, so there is an ability if I wanted to go deeper and I could just go straight to that service instead of using the API? You can. And that, that is one portion of it. And the other portion, I guess, on the other, the deep end would be the Alexa voice service, which is like, here's the whole engine. You have kind of almost unfettered access to all the portions of it, like the parsing engine and like how to handle the responses and like all this other fun stuff. Like if you wanted to do like, I don't know, like if you're into Star Trek, like computer instead of like Alexa, that's that's where you could do all that really hardcore awesomeness on that end. Like that's like the like your training wheels are off. You're going to build like a custom device and like we're going to just give you the engine and you could take it apart and do stuff with it. So the API that we're working with, though, I mean, that's just plain old like just using JSON and HTTP. You got it. Sounds simple enough to get started with. Absolutely. And, and it really is like I, I picked it up over uh, like it was like a hackathon, like a startup weekend hackathon thing. And I it's like took like literally like one day and I just sat down with the documentation and watched a couple videos. Although I will say the documentation, like I'm a lot of Amazon's documentation is a little rough. <laughs> uh, it's definitely not the, 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 the nicest read um, from end to end, but I mean, it, it gets the job done. And you can bounce out and do things. And they're, and they're getting better at it. Uh, they're doing more videos and more, like, interactive things that you can tweak and play with. 
but it's 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 one of those things like I know I do a lot of stuff with AWS in general and it's like, oh no, you know, you gotta like all the yellow, all the white, all the black, white, and yellow or black, white, and orange. And you're like, ah, but Hey, um, you get through it. And, <laughs> and Hey, if you wanted to, uh, actually I give a talk, um, I'm giving a talk on, um, getting started with Amazon echo at, uh, all things open, which is like a conference in, uh, North Carolina, coming up uh, in October, a little down the road. Uh, and I've also been known to like just give ad hoc talks about it, like just at a prompt on the East Coast. So if anybody was interested in that, no problem. So there's the Amazon Echo that works with voice. And some stuff I was reading last night, now there's the Echo Show, which is something new that's being added to that. Have you done anything with that that you can talk about? So the show, I a lot of the APIs that are available for the newer stuff are not necessarily available to everybody yet. It's like one of those trickle down things. Uh, like, for instance, there's that, and there's the, the two way communication one. I think it's like the talk. And with that, it's like you can you have that full real time like back and forth communication um, ability. Unfortunately, as the devs, we don't have access to all those things just yet. Um, at least not in the version I'm working on. Um, and not that I've seen with any of the updates from like, you know, it's like where you have one version that you're on and then like nobody else, you're, you're not going to update everything unless you want to break stuff. But with that, um, it's like, no, it's not there yet. <laughs> it's a short answer. It's like, you want to be able to do a lot of the stuff and, but there is no video streaming ability yet or video processing just out there just yet. Um, you can utilize the engine in such a way with a, a, or Amazon Voice Services to work with like your existing tooling. Like if you had a Raspberry Pi and you hooked a camera to it, you could potentially work within that. But again, their official like APIs or their official docs for that are not available yet. This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Are you searching for a new job? That can be stressful, scary, and time-consuming. Pushy recruiters try to sell you on roles you don't actually want, and the job boards make you feel like you're throwing your resume into a black hole never to be seen again. And sometimes you go all the way through the interview process just to find out at the very end that the salary, offer, or company culture doesn't match what you're looking for. Hired is the world's most intelligent talent matching platform for full-time and contract opportunities in engineering development, design, product management, data science, sales, and marketing. We make your job search faster, focused, and stress-free. Instead of endlessly applying to companies and hoping for the best, Hired puts you in control of when and how you connect with compelling new opportunities. After completing one simple application, top employers apply to hire you. And on Hired, you receive personal interview requests and upfront salary information so you can make informed decisions about what opportunities to pursue over a condensed timeline. Hired offers access to more than 4,000 innovative employers, including big brand names like Facebook and smaller emerging startups. The size and type of company you want to connect with is totally up to you. And we help you find new opportunities in 17 major cities in North America, Europe, Asia, and Australia. Open to relocation? Let them know. Your privacy and autonomy in your job search is of utmost importance. And if you go check them out at the show's link, that's hire.com slash JavaScript Jabber, you can get double the hiring bonus that they offer. That's $600 instead of $300. So go check them out at hire.com slash JavaScript Jabber today. And I guess we should clarify like what the Echo Show is for people. I mean, it is what it sounds like it is. Like it's a touch display. Right. It's it's the full on experience with the, the visuals and uh, some of the other stuff they got going on. Like they had the uh, what was it the 
I can't even think of the name of it anymore, but they had the one um, camera app that would tell you if you dressed well, I think. Right. That was another thing that they were doing. Like, I, <laughs> I didn't know about that. That's hilarious. That is like what? Like a, it was a service that they were going to offer or they were offering. I, I don't know if they ever actually did anything with it because it was like this is the weirdest thing ever. I would love to what? know who the judge of that is. <laughs> <laughs> or just using machine learning, like, you know, but but I imagine if it is, just from stuff I've read, like, what is attractive is going to differ from, cultural like, and- yes, culturally. It, I mean, not necessarily, like, from Ameri- like American to American, but culturally it will differ. Right. And, like, if not that, then, like, do you, like, crowdsource it per culture? Do you, like, use mechanical <laughs> t- and, like, have a bunch of people? What do you think about this? And, like... We can use, you know, voice recognition to figure out the culture and then it'll decide how you look based on that. <laughs> well, that would be pretty awesome. Like figuring out sense <laughs> and stuff like, oh, man, well, that's uh, well, speaking of that, like actually the uh, there is something called a that is involved in that related to ABS or Amazon Voice Services The we'll say the V, the the deep level thing. Um, <laughs> it's called the wake word engine. So one of the things that you don't get out of the box for free in terms of like the advanced stuff is the wake word engine. And what that does is it's what it sounds like. It's like if you want to train it to Amazon to react or the echo to react to a certain word to wake up, you don't get that for free. You get like the default ones that like the the Alexa and those three, I think you get Alexa, Amazon and like echo. But if you want to do anything else, you have to get a, machine learned like trainer that you train an utterance on and that's kind of it's it's kind of obscure the way they do it but uh there's a couple of vendors out there one snowboy which is like one that's been funded by their uh alexa fund which also is something i can probably talk about in a minute but what they do is they they you can spin up their platform like train give it one word that you want it to wake up on and like it will generate a bunch of data with variants on that word and like give you that wake word so like if you want to do computer you can train it to do computer and like speed it into your engine and then it'll run and do all that fun stuff for you tangent it's kind of a burgeoning marketplace it's kind of weird how things are going like like on that first level getting the skills kit stuff uh getting folks using the skills kit is one thing uh, or getting folks using skills or publishing skills is one challenge I think Amazon's been having because they, they, they offer like free t-shirts and like, you know, AWS time or, or, you know, discounts on this and that. But monetization is one of the bigger challenges I think that area is facing. So it's, it's like, you know, you have that, then you have Google's and you have, um, Microsoft's and they're all in that same space, but monetization is like yeah we can get developers to make things kind of but but getting them like interested for the long haul like you know you can't go on the app store it's not exactly the same as going on like the apple app store and publishing a game or something um it doesn't have that same um or at least amazon or at least yeah, amazon doesn't offer that same level of uh, uh monetization out, out out of the box so that's i think one of the bigger challenges for a lot of the devs yeah, I can see where like a company that already has some other way of making money or some other way, you know, some something that they want to promote or add features to. So, for example, um, I could see creating a devchat.tv skill and then people could say uh, they could tell their device to play JavaScript Jabber. 
and you know and but but that's an add-on feature i'm I not like trying it. to do it chuck i'm not do trying it. to i know i was gonna say the same thing <laughs> yeah but see for me it's not it's not a it, i'm not trying to monetize it i'm trying to expand my brand if that makes sense so right so you see these companies like uber and and stuff that have that same kind of thing um or you can order a pizza in a very painful way over your amazon <laughs> echo um, you know, cause yeah, I want half the pizza to have pepperoni on it and the other half. And then, yeah, anyway. And then, yeah, to anyway, it, it's, it's, I, I've looked at some of these, some of the Skype bots too, and it's just, it's painful anyway. Now it, it, you're speaking of that, actually, that's one of the challenges in the development side of things, even with the skills kit, getting your, your UI or your use UX rather is, is, is married to your ability to parse out language in all its various forms. Right. So like you, if to write one particular skill with one that does one thing, you could have 10 different sets of like of actual code for handling like, Hey, if I like for the pizza example, like ordering a pizza, it's like, I want one large pizza with pepperoni. Like that alone, like can be parsed out into like 10 different ways. It's like, well, how many pizzas do you want? What do you want on that pizza? Do you want this folder? You know, like yep. there's yep. so much thought involved in like getting that from, from, from something that you just throw out there to, to actual the correct delivery in a timely manner. Um, that, that is definitely one of the challenges there. And I, I think that is a great case for something that probably isn't a good idea, <laughs> unfortunately for, uh, for us, for the, uh, skills, but for something like what you were saying, like a, uh, um, like being able to start your your um, podcast or something like that, I mean that's or giving your company additional awareness for something or like I've seen art installations that use the Echo with skills like Alexa, you know, tell me about the Monet or something. Tell me, ask painting about Monet or something like that, and you can get a lot of interesting information there. Um, so it's it's definitely a challenge. There there are challenges, and it's all still kind of it's all very new. In the same way that like you talk about like VR is still pretty new, and we don't know what works as well, or we're still playing with this and that. And it's 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 an interesting field, and it's definitely changing a lot over the course. But um, and it, and it's kind of married with the bots and the chat bots, and that it it's all about interacting with humans and. <laughs> how good or not we do that. And to, to add to that, even like um, the skills kit stuff, uh, getting people to use the skills has been kind of a challenge. If you talk to any of the skills developers, because a lot of people just will buy the, the, the Alexa device and just kind of use the base things that they have on the card and not necessarily know that, Oh, there's a, there's a skills, there's a skill for, determining what's on TV or like what's on the food network. Like, I think that's a thing um, or what have you. So that's another challenge in that, in that right without bumming you tell it too much, but um, right. Yeah. So what are the challenges that you're running into trying to set this up so that it solves particular problems for people with who are disabled or elderly or both? So after doing a lot of, there's there's a couple of different types of problems. One, the the technical aspect of it kind of is intimidating naturally, in that and that's understandable. Who there's a there's an appliance in this house that listens to everything I say. I guess there's a there's that 
natural inclination to not trust tech, especially for the older generations, uh, getting past that, um, getting people to use the device, uh, even on that basic kind of a level, uh, some of the programming side of it, uh, getting two-way communication to work on a, like doing something that isn't out of the box is a lot harder. Like, there's a there's a specific subset of functionality that Alexa is performed for, uh, pre-programmed to do, and that, that, that makes sense. But getting anything outside of that tends to to be a lot more challenging. Uh, just that there isn't a lot of documentation out there. There's a couple of examples, but and there's like a, a sample repo, but it's it's kind of the wild west. And like I uh, I have to lean a lot on like a Slack channel that uh, does a lot of Alexa stuff and. Um, a lot of like just ad hoc, just randomness and like, hey, just look at the repo. It was, like the original example is like written in Java, and it's huge, but it's still kind of like, um, what was that again? Like parsing that and like trying to convert it to like Node or JavaScript or something like that would be some of the other technical challenges. Uh, in addition, getting it installed and like set up takes a like just at the beginning, it's like at least an hour if you're doing it right, if you're wanting to get it to start it. <laughs> but if you're if you're trying to do anything worthwhile with it, it it's certainly like a bit of a it's there's a bit of a learning curve involved in that. <laughs> Long story short, I guess. Now, one other thing that I'm curious about is is your product is it layered in with the Echo? So you buy an Echo and then you set it up with your product, or is your product a different? completely separate it's, device it's a completely separate device uh originally my v1 was going to just be an echo skill but i couldn't there's a lot of things i couldn't do with the skills kit stuff uh-huh. uh like asynchronous communication like uh one of the bit of functionality when a program was like medicine reminders and you would think something like that would be pretty simple on an on a any other platform but because you only have a subset like you can only respond to whatever the API call from like Amazon tells you to respond to. And you, and you can't do anything like in the future to send something back. You literally can do an immediate audio response with a picture or just a picture or do some sort of side effect type thing. Like, a like can like turn on and off a light switch or whatever. You can't do anything that says send a message back in like two hours from now. And, and that's one of the things that a lot of the devs have been kind of frustrated with. And like, it's like, well, you can do that through the skills kit. Well, it's like, no, you can't do, well, you can't do that through the skills kit. And they're not, I don't think they're going to change that because of, they kind of like the structure and it makes sense. And that, um, if you're talking about notifications and stuff, like you think about having something, how would you verbally, um, have a, uh, list of notifications like on your phone like you think of like all the different things your phone pops up with throughout the course of the day would you want your alexa device to be able to have to do that or to do that for every single thing so i mean at least that's their argument for it um last i talked to them so it's so yeah so long tldr yes i, I have to kind of go a little further than just the skills kit but i learned a lot with the skills kit getting to that point so so I guess the other question is then you, you talked about the Alexa voice service mm-hmm. um, and it sounds like that's the direction you've gone. That's what you're using. So 
And I don't know if you heard me talking over my echo, because <laughs> like I said, I was too lazy to shut it up. Um, <laughs> uh, but what I'm wondering then is, since you don't have to have an echo to make that work, is this something you could set up through like a web service or something where you could enable the microphone and then have them talk to a website or something like that and then run this off of the back end of that? Uh, yeah, actually. So there's a couple of examples out there. There's uh, Alexa in the browser. And there's a couple of examples just literally just opening up a browser, firing it off, and then like being able to communicate via that. Uh, there's examples of it being installed on like an app. Like you, you can deploy it to your existing like iPhone app or like or you know Android app, and like have it interact that way, or have it interact independently in the browser, or have it interact independently on a completely different like device, like a Raspberry Pi or something. So it is interesting in that it's like it can it's just like a service that you drop in kind of, but you then you have to worry about hooking it up to everything. So it it is interesting for that. Um, but it's, it's still, it's, again, it's, it's kind of wild westy and that not, not, not a lot of folks are using it that way. So has Amazon said anything about making echo skills or any of the other, uh, tools or whatever out there easier to actually monetize or are they mostly just interested in, um, what they have right now and people doing this to expand, you know, brand awareness and, and things like that. So the last word on it um, was, and at least to my knowledge that no, they weren't looking, they weren't changing anything in terms of the monetization. They are making discoverability a lot easier. So if you knew the name of the app, instead of having to go to the app store or the, the skill store and click on it to install it, you could just say, you know, Alexa, tell the name of the app and it'll just kind of like do a lazy load of the actual skill and like add it to your available skills list. So discoverability kind of, yeah, but monetization, not so much. Um, and that, that is one of the kind of iffy things about it. Um, of course you can look at like the, the Google app store. I think they're saying they're more monetizationable if that's a word, <laughs> but the thing is your expectations are set initially with like, all right, Alexa didn't charge for skills. So I don't expect, you know, Amazon or Google to charge for skills necessarily. So it's, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, Oh no, you know, we set a president for free and like, we're going to continue with that. So I mean, maybe things will change, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we'll see. It's like, it's like with the Google app store, right? Most you're, you expect most of that stuff to be either free or like ad based or like super cheap. And it's like, Versus the Apple store where it's like, now everything costs money, but it works a little better. <laughs> so unfortunately, um, that's the state of it right at the moment. Gotcha. Now we'll say there are some interesting other projects going on related to the uh, Alexa monetization with Alexa. There is something called the Alexa fund, which is kind of a, like a startup uh, fund that they have uh, that you can apply for and get if you're doing something interesting and I applied for it, I'm actually going through the process right now. Um, there's a certain amount of, um, there's a number of things you have to do once you, once you apply and go through the, the entire process. But ideally like you can get funding for whatever your product is. If you're doing something a little off the wall or a little out of the box. Um, and actually one of the, the wake word engine I mentioned, um, 
one of the people that developed those actually was approved by them. And what is the name of that? Um, Snowboy, uh, Kit AI, Snowboy. They actually got uh, funded. And I've actually been talking to them a lot uh, about utilizing their licensing for it and getting in that space and kind of getting in there. Um, but it's, it's, it's not mainstream, of course, but it is something out there. If you're like looking to do something interesting with it, it is like, it is an available, uh, avenue for you. Gotcha. Are there any good, uh, places to get more information like documentation or, um, walkthroughs or anything like that? Okay. So I'd say the best place, the number one place to go to as far as getting started of course, is the Amazon website. They have a couple of pre-baked uh, kits that are uh, some of them are a little on the expensive side. If you don't want to, if you want something that you just get and it kind of already works, all you have to do is just start programming on it. Uh, they have uh, they have a it's called the Convex Four Mic Far Field Dev Kit, uh, and it has, as it says, it has like four mics, and it's already got a lot of what you need there. You just literally just kind of boot it up and like. Um, like SSH into it or, or plug it up and code against it. And, and they have a couple of these kits, uh, for anywhere from like three to $400. And they, they do have directions for it. And, and it's, it's like a safe, simpler option. Um, there's also, of course, uh, the directions for the AVS, uh, site, which is still Amazon, uh, Alexa. And you go to, uh, Alexa voice services where you can go to the, uh, GitHub from there and they will give you step-by-step directions using a raspberry Pi and like a couple of microphones, which I've been using. I've been going off of that. Um, and I think it's, uh, I, I think it's been adapted for a user friendly version of it that, uh, like hacker did a while back. It's like have your own Alexa or have your own Amazon echo device or something like that. Um, but the first, uh, the first place to go is like go to the uh, Amazon developer website, go to Alexa, go to Alexa. Either if you're if you're interested in the skills kit, go to skills kit, voice services, voice services, etc. Um, and from there, you, you should be able to see the you'll get the links for the uh, the GitHub pages as well. And uh, if not that, uh, there's also the Slack chat room, which I mentioned. It is alexaslack.com and Travis Teagues is the guy in there in charge. And he's like amazing. Like I'm okay with this stuff, but this is like what he does like all the time. And he's usually really friendly and answers a lot of questions. And a lot of the guys over there are friendly for the most part. Um, so that's another place I'd go if like I was just starting out and I was like, I wasn't sure what to do. There's like rooms for both the Amazon voice services and the Alexa skills kit and like, anything with a raspberry Pi and other devices and like, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Well, uh, Joe, Amy, do you have any other questions? I kind of monopolized it there for a little while. Not for me. No, no. We're all going to be super amazing caregivers now. Thanks to our tech skills. Oh, well, that'd be awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just waiting to use my Amazon echo and have it say, you talk too much. Shut up. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and do some picks then. This episode is sponsored by Angular Dev Summit, coming September 11th through the 18th, 2017. Hi, it's Chuck from devchat.tv. 
I reached out to some of my friends in the Angular community to put on a completely free, no travel conference for Ruby developers. We have speakers like Rob Wermald, Jeff Welpley, and others coming to speak about all kinds of topics in Angular. So if you're trying to learn Angular or you're trying to level up Angular, come check it out. The talks are happening throughout the day each day and we'll have a chat available during each session. Attending the talks is free, but you need to register. Go to angulardevsummit.com. Joe, do you want to start us with picks? Oh, I sure can start us with picks if you wish. All right, so I was recently traveling a lot, and when I travel is one of the few times when I really get to read a lot. So that was really nice. Um, and while I was traveling, one of the books that I ended up reading was a book called The Dungeoneers. It was uh, actually the first of a, at least a two-part series. That there might be more. It's a sci-fi or fantasy setting book about a group of dwarves who, as a business, go into dungeons and retrieve artifacts. It's like their jobs. And the author was just really funny. He had like, a great sense of humor. One of the funniest books I've read. I laughed out loud more often and got stares at train stations and airplanes. Uh, I could carry to count. So I highly recommend if you're looking for a good book and fantasy. And the Dungeoneers is my pick. All right, Amy, what are your picks? I want to pick React Rally since Jameson is not here. Uh, and he is amazing. And uh, I know that they're doing a diversity scholarship program. So I wanted to go ahead and make a shout out for that. But he and Matt are just amazing. So I'm sure that React Rally will be amazing again this year. Uh, and then the other thing I'm going to pick, just totally random, is pancakes. Because <laughs> for whatever reason, I have been on a pancake kick lately. So I've been doing like, you know, I work from home. So uh, I can like make snacks in my kitchen whenever I want. And for whatever reason, I've been, make, been making like batches of pancake batter with protein powder in them and like eating that as snacks throughout the day and i love it <laughs> so that's my random pick is gonna be pancakes and that's it for me that actually sounds good <laughs> what it's so good like okay so some people might think this sounds disgusting but i've been making them like you can make them in the microwave so i make like this big batch of batter and I make it kind of like goopy <laughs> uh, so it kind of like when I mix it with vanilla protein powder it kind of tastes like uh, like cookie batter and so I've just been eating it like that like not a complete pancake but it's still pancake mix so I don't know judge me if you want maybe I have like really just sorry taste buds because I eat so healthy but it's really good <laughs> at least well, to me <laughs> it is so good like it's warm and just like oh my gosh it tastes like cookies cookie batter <laughs> okay that'll be it for me awesome um i'm trying to think i i've been i've just been so busy lately and i <laughs> i don't know what to pick um i am working on angular dev summit if you're an angular dev uh, check that out I'm probably also going to do a React Dev Summit later in the year, so keep an ear out for that. If you're into Ruby, I'm doing Ruby Dev Summit. Java, the JavaScript Dev Summit is going to be next year, along with the AI Dev Summit, if you're interested in those particular areas. I should probably also mention that I am working on some Kickstarters for some other shows. So if you're interested in React, in AI, IoT, um, mm. and Elixir, I'm, I'm looking at creating shows around those. And since we kind of hit the intersection here between 
I, I guess it's a mix of machine learning and AI and IoT. Uh, you know, definitely check that out. I, I think this this uh, area of interaction, you know, be it uh, via voice or whether or not you know some form of augmented reality um, jumps in. And in my opinion, the Amazon Echo is a form of augmented reality because again, we get to interact with it not uh, visually as most people consider AR. But this is just another form of it. Um, you know, I think I think we're going to see uh, huge strides over the next few years in this area. And uh, yes, it's early, but there's some awesome stuff going on there. So uh, definitely check that out, uh, you know, and just, just keep an eye out for that. Um, but yeah, those are some of the things that I am working on these days. Um, and yeah, the conferences are kind of a big thing there. Um, and then one other thing I guess I'll mention is the JavaScript Jabber Slack. So if you want to jump in, get involved with some of our hosts and guests, um, you can go over to javascriptjabber.com slash slack and sign up for that. And just to give you a better idea, it's not just a slack room. What I'm really hoping to do is create a community there where I can bring in guests. Uh, and the reason that it's a paid community is because I want to pay the speakers who come in and kind of help us uh, get ahead in those areas and things like that. So yeah, if you want to jump in there. Um, also, I should mention that the Angular Dev Summit is free if you want to just come and attend the talks that you're interested in. So uh, go over to Angular Dev Summit and just sign up for the free um, pass. And then if you want access to the recordings and stuff, then you can get the paid pass. And half the money that comes from that actually goes to the speakers. So it's a nice way to say thank you to them. And then the rest of it is just for the time I put in to set the thing up. So anyway, that's pretty much all I've got. Terrence, what are your picks? All right. So for a project, we've had to learn a bunch of uh, React and React-related concepts and Redux. And one of the things was like, oh, you should check out Elm. And I did. So Elm actually is pretty awesome in terms of like your sanity <laughs> as far as like, programming loads go. I know you guys talked about it. But uh, it is definitely like like warm, cakey pancakes maybe. Um Yum. At least for me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't have to think about like my scoping rules or my uh, this and that and all the other random like crazy weirdness um, in terms of like my JavaScript. Uh, so that was one. Um, another is um, the School of Life. Uh, it's a uh, YouTube channel that talks about philosophy and like life studies and like and like different. Um, We'll say like different areas of your life, like relationships and like raising, how do you raise your kids and like things like that. And it's, and it's not like judgmental and like, you should do this way. It's not prescriptive. It's like, well, this group of people, like the Stoics thought this and like the, you know, postmodernism is this. And like, in a way that is like, kind of like an, a warm, nice sort of pleasant intro to it instead of like your, your old, like philosophy teacher like lecturing you or something so definitely love those guys love what they do um a lot of that stuff like in terms of like when your your mental health related <laughs> issue stuff when you're when life sucks it's not a bad place to go i'll put it that way um and lastly uh there's a um kind of a 2d platformer game that uh i haven't got to finish it because i've been busy working all the time but uh it's called night in the woods it's like an action sort of it's like a platformer meets like old school like adventure game 
And like, I know the dev who worked on it and the, the guys that worked on it and like, I've been following them forever. It's awesome for those, like, it's like a non, it's like, an, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but it's definitely not your typical 2D platformer where you're like jumping on folks' heads and like beating stuff up or whatever. It's a uh, definitely a breath, breath of fresh air in that respect. And it's, it, the dialogue's awesome. And like, yeah, love the guys that wrote it. And of course I'd pick my company, Hackerferret Software. Uh, we build your software with love. We inject love into the software process. We work a lot with older tech. Um, we work a lot with like your, like 20,000 lines of like jQuery <laughs> and we'll help you re, um, remodel that into something that uh, is a little bit more supportable. Um, that's all I got. All right. Well, if people want to uh, follow you, find you, hire you, any of that stuff, where do they go? So best place, hackerfair.com is like the number one place I'd go or, and uh, you can go to the about or contact me. We, we offer a 30 minute free consultation for your business. Uh, so if you have any questions like, do I need to move to the cloud? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Uh, do I need to port my infrastructure? Do I need to, do I need to go to TypeScript or uh, TypeScript versus like, you know, maybe staying in ES5 or something. So yeah. Sounds great. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this episode up. Thanks for coming, Terrence. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, we will uh, catch everyone next week. Bye. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.